Linux OTC. Welcome to episode 18. We're your hosts. I'm Bill. I'm Eric. I'm Leo. All right. So here we are again. Um, we are several hosts short. I don't even know at this point if uh, Norbert is still with us or not. I feel. Oh, wait, how many hosts are there? Technically, well, I'm going to say officially. I, officially, I'm going to say five at this point. A fit, let me, okay, let me go to linuxotc.org. Yeah. And we're going to verify that real quick. I do oh. not have a about the hosts because oh, I you asked that? you guys for bios and nobody sent me one. So. Oh, send, that's just, completely untrue. You just no, sent, not you, Eric, but long before <laughs> I say long before you and uh, Majid came along and and uh, I want to say rescued us, but I don't know. Oh, I, please, I might be a little. Might be. A it little would have just been me and Bill. I, I, so I think I've <laughs> driven everybody off. I don't want to be mean to Norbert. It's tough when you're young. It really is. No, it yeah. is. <laughs> it is. But I will say that there's. this is like the lowest effort in terms of preparation. That was my so, goal. <laughs> you know, yeah. compared to the other podcasts I do, which I put like a tremendous amount of effort into making show notes and researching stuff and getting all my facts correct. And then I come on here and just like blab. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah. And I needed that sort of release from all that. I that all that structure for me causes tension, you know, because I'm yeah. wanting to talk. I'm wanting to talk about my opinions on this. I think, eh. and you know, there's a there's a place for just reading news, and and I'm not going to say anything bad about Mintcast. It's it's a very old, very venerable. Linux podcast, but the, but they're very set in their ways. And well, hang on, uh, Bill. I have this tab open. I, it was a it was a news story. I want to read it all. Okay, uh, from top to bottom. Word for word. About, yeah, six thousand words. Hang on, give me a minute. <laughs> you know, we're making fun, but you know, there there is apparently a listener base that really does enjoy that because I have gone so far as to ask for opinions on that. And when, when I found out, yeah, that, you know, the, some of the people that have been around the longest, that's kind of what they're used to. And so I decided instead of just, instead of bullying my way in and rocking the boat, I will just make another show with the right people. And, and, uh, I think it's been, I think it's been a good idea. That's I right. Think I've, I've been the bully. I'm the one that came in and said, <laughs> yeah, Eric. "Yeah, I know I'm the new guy and all, but uh, why do we read all these news stories and then don't even respond to them and just keep plowing through?" And it's news. Do... Yeah, it's news. All right. Uh, no, and you know, so that what I basically came up with, and this is the premise of any podcast, in my, I don't know, in my opinion, unless it's specifically like something like Full Circle news that moss does where it's literally just just, right it's just him reading the news uh you know and there and none of those stories that he reads on there are long form they're all very quick little succinct blurbs about whatever the story is and and it works very well because it's usually less than 10 minutes it's just his voice that's on purpose like the 10 minute is the actual maximum no 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 i get that i get that but that see that's why it works so well 
I think long form where you start reading these press release stories that are, you know, the same person's literally reading the same story for 15, 10, 15 minutes sometimes. And it's just, it, it gets to be, I understand there are people that appreciate that level of detail, but there's a difference between written word and spoken word. Well, if I and, were still on the show, uh, I would have long since uh, recommended that for those types of articles, you shove it through chat GPT and get a summary. <laughs> no, really, right, like, like yeah, get, yeah. A, get a 50 yeah. to 100 word summary and then, and then plow through that. And then yeah. – uh, like I feel like everybody could read that summary and, and have an opinion about it. Um, that's you know. the important part is yeah. that I think we're missing is the the opinion part, which is the whole purpose of having a panel show with different people isn't that different people read different things. It's that you read something, you establish what the topic is, and then you have some amount of discussion on it. Well, that's and, just your opinion. Well, the the point, like <laughs> I don't know about you, but the reason I listen to all the different Linux podcasts I do isn't because I haven't already heard the news because I guarantee you yeah. I have. It's because I want to hear what that person has to say or that person has to say. So yeah. that that joke was three levels deep. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I completely agree. I think if if some of the guys and this is not criticism at all, but some of the guys would probably say, "Well, we do it this way so that we can talk about this topic." But the reality is. Most of the time, we have no idea what we're talking about. So, you know, if you don't know what it is, but, you know, I would, to that, I would say, all right, well, then just leave it out if you don't have anything to say about it. Because, yeah, yeah, I can go, I can go to full circle and I can get the 10 minute news dump of everything that's going on. And then I can follow the links and make my own mind up. And, and that works really well for me. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with not having everybody talk about every little thing. Or if somebody doesn't have anything to say about an article, then just leave it out altogether. Because right. you know, I, I there's a very there's a very big difference between the places where I get my news and the places where I I want to hear what folks are talking about. You know, so well. The other confusing part was that we have these Saturday review shows and the last three or four that I had <laughs> attended, we didn't review anything. We just kind of sat there and talked about whatever. And, you know, half the people weren't there. And I, I it, so it was confusing because I thought, well, isn't the point of this is that we're like just vetting the stories that we want to actually put on here so that we understand what they are. And then we know whether we have an opinion or not. Yeah. And, yeah. And that didn't maybe. seem to be the case. Well, so I'm, trust me, I, I want to push the show forward a little bit and there, I don't think there can be many people that honestly can say that they appreciate just the long form news reads because we're not even that good at it. <laughs> I mean, that's, no, I'm not. Oh my you know, gosh. that's the honest truth. It's not like any of us are professional news readers and you're getting like a really polished. Well, I am. Well, okay. Not the rest of us aren't, but you know, and I think again, it comes back to the whole spirit of the show. I mean, the thing I took it back to was, well, where's the mint content, right? And that I because I wasn't wasn't quite getting the spirit of well, like, okay, it's a mint podcast, and if I've got an answer mint, for that. Okay, it's it's the uh, Linux Mint podcast for all users of Linux, and I think. 
even when I started, we leaned very heavily into the all users of Linux. So the thing was that what you talk about doesn't always have to be Mint. It it just has to work on Mint. And the cool thing about yeah. that is that it works on all Linuxes. So, you know, all content really is Mint content. What's going on in the world of Linux from the perspective of a Mint user? Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a little bit more like that than it is just about Mint. Because how much could you possibly talk about Cinnamon? Well, Linux Mint is one of the most popular Linux distros in the world. It's used by probably a, a fairly large leftover percentage of people who aren't and using Ubuntu. And I think Ubuntu. that is because so, it's not all that interesting. It, <laughs> yes, it no, actually, yes. You know, the, about every once every two years it gets interesting with, you know, Clem blocking snaps or something like that and then as he should have yeah yeah well, I, I uh, yeah i want to talk about that by the way too um but for the most part it just works and you know you you know what to expect from it you know which is you know how many time how, how many different ways can we make that into a conversation i don't know but well you know. i think that from i don't know i i guess my perception of it if if I see something called Mintcast, I guess I assume that it is mostly relevant yep. to this is a Mint problem. And the fact that if I were to listen to that, let's say I'm a new user or a curious person who's heard of Linux Mint, uh, my cousin uses it and he says, you know, check it out. So I go, I really like podcasts because I drive a lot. So I, I, you know, I look on my podcatcher and I see, oh, there's a Mintcast. Oh, that's cool, and it's got the Mint logo and all that. Okay, so this must be about Linux Mint. And I listen to like three episodes and never hear one thing about me. <laughs> well, that, that, that was seems a little bit it. of a problem to me. So you know? every other episode should have lots of mint content because Clem comes out with a progress report. Well, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but what new happens? So I, I guess, uh, well, okay, actually, hold on. I got to back up because that would be every fourth episode then because you break them into two because they're so long. Um, yeah, like with the other three. Uh, you know what? What would you talk about? What would you expect to hear on that? I would do a, a, something around on like a mint corner where I would have looked at the uh, forums. I would have looked at oh. Reddit. I would have looked at somewhere where the users congregate and just kind of seen what was the interesting topic of discussion for that week. It's not that hard. That's a pretty good and, idea, well, actually. I mean, so what you're saying is that you'll bring in a couple of forum questions or something like that to kind of hash out. Yeah, and then and then something. The, the end result of that is always, well, actually go to the Ubuntu forums because it's really just Ubuntu. Hmm. No. No. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't, buy, I don't agree though. with that. I don't agree with that because it's not Ubuntu. There are substantially different problem, things. Right? Yeah. Well, no, even apt. They don't use normal apt. Oh, but I, you know, they like have, what could break an apt that... Did you know you can use apt without the password on Mint? Just apt install such and such. Really? Without the I password? I just learned that not long ago. You can you can also do apt update and apt upgrade. Without y the password. Without the password on well, Mint. Well, you know that that actually makes sense because the the software manager that uh, the update manager that Mint uses. Is, See, mine's asking me for a password. Now the updates the updates ask for a password do they yeah yeah i yeah, do they them do. so infrequently i don't know 
but to, yeah. to run an apt command like typing it out on the terminal doesn't ask and no doubt that's some bill you you uh foolery with no, uh you curl something to bash dude that changed <laughs> up the back end of you i don't think that yeah, i don't think that's true <laughs> well their app is basically like a it's a wrapper around yeah. apt and yeah. so well uh, anyway te- technically you know, linux mints app is the first app so yeah I don't know. Well, maybe it's the situation is be the change, and if I want it to be different, then I will just yeah. come up with content around it. Just shove it in, shove it into the wanderings, man. Just and shove I have it to into. To be honest with you, like I do want to hear what people are up to, but I also don't really care that someone like did something really inane and had nothing to do with technology. Like I don't care that you. Had your car, the oil changed in your car or oh, that's weird. whatever other, you know, thing that you're just shoving in there because you're trying to brainstorm about like, what did I do this month? Oh, Man, the show this... would be like a whole hour less. I brought would that, that be up. the worst thing in the world that it would be a half an hour long? <laughs> I've brought up the wanderings and I've gotten some very emotional responses out of people about well, the wanderings because like, it like was internally or externally like listen uh, uh internally yeah um, there's well, one or two people that, that yeah, yeah there's one person in fact that <laughs> got so angry he hung up on discord when we brought that up yeah we, we um, know who that is uh well you and might not yeah. um but then that other person has hung up on us multiple times for other reasons yeah. so um it I, that's just it's, when I realized, okay, there's only so many things you're going to be able to change because I don't know if it's good or bad. The longer something sits and never changes, um, the more people become entrenched. And it, if, if when you, when you start a new endeavor, it's, it's a job, it's a volunteer effort, it's a hobby, it's whatever it is, you bring yourself to it. Yeah. You don't just strip yourself away and and become a cog in the machine unless it's a government job or something. Like you, you you have to, especially something like this. We're we're not getting any benefit it's a of it. Thing. It's a creative yeah. endeavor. It's just fun to do. It's something that's yeah. an outlet for having a conversation with like minded people, uh, or maybe not even like minded people, just people that happen to use the same types of technologies that I do. But the point being, like, if I say I'm going to do a podcast. You can't expect that I'm not going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way it, the world works. And you know, I I obviously enjoyed what you're doing enough that it attracted me to come and talk to you in the first place. Mm, yeah. So that's a good thing, right? That shows that either the people are interesting or the conversation, whatever. But you know, I get in there and then I start having questions and think about things. And if the if the answer is we've always done it this way, or that was the vision, or Whatever that – that just doesn't fly. It doesn't fly in the rest of the world and, you know, I just – it can't be that insular in my opinion. So Well, I'm going to be real interested as time goes on because I, I see you have lots of ideas and uh, – But I don't. I, I have really basic sort of like – don't well, do this I mean, because it's, it's long and boring. They're good ideas. They're just I think they're good ideas. ideas. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really don't want to revolutionize it. I really don't. I just that's say, the title you know, I of think, the show. 
It's not good ideas, just regular ideas. <laughs> That's it. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I just I listen to podcasts all week long. Yeah. And the and the ones that I'm drawn to are the ones that introduce a topic and then have a panel discussion on it with people that you enjoy listening to. And that's what they do every single time. It's no, there's no variation there. The things they talk about are different, but it's the same people. It's, it's almost like comfortable in a way because you kind of, you haven't expected like, Oh, well, that's the guy that doesn't like this thing or that's the guy that loves this or the, you know, and it's endearing and you have, you sort of build a little bit of a, you know, unrequited bond or whatever you want to call it. And uh, podcasts are different. Podcasts are a weird, thing compared to just about anything else like a video i don't expect any kind of engagement on a podcast i'm doing it you know what i mean like maybe i get comments and stuff like that but podcasts i feel like i'm putting myself out there like i have an opinion i'm speaking about something there's nothing worse than asking for feedback and you get none that's a (laughs) terrible sign welcome terrible sign have you seen three fat truckers (laughs) i mean you want to talk about a very, very different audience. Here's and, here's my feedback. I need yeah. you to do the thing though. <laughs> yeah, that thing start to sound right there. Yeah, Bill, yeah. You so if, put, if, if you if you're audio only, I was doing the you know honk your horn trucker man uh, thing <laughs> with my arm. So you're and, saying you have a vocal audience, an well, opinionated n- audience? Not really. Not on three fat chart. Well, oh, I thought the I thought well, they don't type group, while they drive, Eric. They don't type at all. And we found out, we found out, because we do like a little weekly poll on our website, just a little WordPress plug-in thing. And that will be hacked soon, don't worry. We've, we've noticed that, um, like if we do a multiple choice, um, kind of poll, like, okay, how many years have you been driving? And then I'll put like, zero to five five to ten ten to fifteen whatever we'll get at least 20 to 30 responses on that 20 to 30 hits on that if we put something like what is your favorite place to eat where somebody has to actually type something in the box we get zero oh it's friction it's all about friction man. yeah like people don't want to give you that time uh a lot of times unless you make them really happy or really sad or really mad um and the really happy ones usually don't even bother because they're like Thanks. And then they walk away and, you know, but uh, you might get the little thumbs up on the website or something. Um, But, yeah, it's about friction, man. Uh, And Mm. the other reality is that most of our most of our interaction, most of our traction is on the Facebook group, which, you know, makes me want to swallow my tongue. But that's you got to go where the people are. That's where the people are. That's where the normal people are. And it is somewhat vibrant. um, Normal. People? Well, it's because normal people, they come around to the internet for things like Facebook, I think. I I mean, it kind of like made the internet... You know, useful to those that particular group of people. My 94-year-old grandmother has an iPad, and basically the internet to her is her email and Facebook. Like she may use a browser if it accidentally opens because she pushed a link or something, but it's not, she doesn't, she doesn't understand that the internet is a collective pool of knowledge and that she has a question. She could just go search for it. That that, that doesn't exist in her mind. So what you're saying is uh, she understands how Mastodon works. 
Well, <laughs> she could. Yeah, well, I think you, she you could. don't know. You don't even have to explain it. Just be like, here you go, sign up, to put your password, right. and then log into this. Right. So the end. No, I and I I don't disagree with that. But uh, what I'm saying is that I I think it's a little unfair for everyone to just assume that the entire population of Facebook is nothing but trolls and you know shills for a political party or whatever other terrible thing or they're all just boomers and horrible people like the truth is well, that, that might be true well no, it's, i don't <laughs> I'm kidding. what kills me is that i have a lot of younger like family members who make sure to maintain a presence there now they're not taking pictures of themselves going out partying or you know like that kind of stuff that's on tiktok or whatever other dumb thing they're using but they come back to facebook because that's like the you know the place where all the family members are, where they, you know, see pictures from their, from their aunt or their uncles or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, so Facebook still has that value. I mean, yes, of course there's a lot of noise and, you know, uh, unpopular opinions and, you know, I see any, the cringiest part is that it's usually people, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, there's oh, a reason I, I didn't want to be friends with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You, you should have seen, you should have seen our page when they did that thing with the phones. What was it, week before last? Oh, my and gosh. I'm not going to get into the real stupid part. Or, well, sorry, <laughs> folks. The What some people I knew believed was going to happen. <laughs> but I was... Oh, I was, that thing. The, the warning the alarm. system. Yes, my gosh, yes. My phone goes off for that at least three times a week for silver alerts and... and oh, yeah. Uh, Amber, Amber alerts, alerts and yeah. thing, and it, yeah. it was technically no different from that. But uh, no, because it was all some... at once, and it was from the top down. Don't you understand? Yeah, I. My the God. fact that people believe anything, like, I guess I try to try to. I, I don't want to be like cocky or, you know, like oh these people are just so stupid and. Because yeah. it, from an outsider's perspective, it is so easy to just dis be dismissive and be like, God, they're just so out of touch with reality and so insulated from, you know, everyone that has a, a valid viewpoint and opinion. Like, how else could you possibly hold those opinions if you didn't have someone around you building that, that force field of distortion? <laughs> you know, mm. like, yeah. uh, uh, you can't believe that kind of thing in a vacuum. Is basically what I'm saying. You have had to have heard it from someone else, and and have gotten validation from someone else. On which platform? Not just Facebook. No, but this is this. The platform I, I, is the local bar. The platform is, you know, texting Leo's your favorite friend. Weapon X. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, yeah. I make sure that 5G is enabled every time I go to the store to make sure that everybody gets <laughs> infected. Okay. That's right. Like, <laughs> listen, I, I'm doing my part. For the government to make sure that everybody got the brain bug or whatever it was supposed to be. I need yeah. you. The fascinating thing about that to me is it's just a symptom of feeling like they're, they don't have any control over the way the world works, the way that, you know, the dynamic of power and wealth and everything else and all the inequality they feel. And so this is, this is the way they manifest it is that they've come up with these bizarre conspiracy theories and then where they popular, feel like popular culture has all these stories all these movies and it's all very tantalizing all very interesting the books well 
we'll skip over the books, uh, the movies. People watch the movies and they see interesting things going on in these make-believe governments, and they wait, think hold that, on, wait, wait, are, are you trying to tell me that Shield is not real? No, from from the Marvel universe. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that the, Samuel L. Jackson's not the guy. If people only Listen, knew how uninteresting, how, how, <laughs> how uninteresting the government really is, and the, how completely inept people are at higher levels at doing. If you walked in the FBI after watching, or the CIA after watching all those movies, and you, you're looking for all that high tech stuff, walls of monitors and everything like that, and people are able to hit the enhance button and basically make a intelligible picture out of anything you know and then you go there and you and you see people still using rolodexes and they've outsourced every no, single thing that's... that is a front just like the moon landing when you go past the first restricted <laughs> door that's where <laughs> you got to follow all... those wires that are running you... along the, the no, ceiling and go into that door it's all 5g wireless you go back you go past that first restricted door Boom. Everything you've ever seen in the movies, that's where it's at. Of I'm course a, they're not going to put that in the front, man. It's it's you go through the kitchen, through the freezer. There's mm-hmm. a false panel in the back of the freezer there that gets you, you go. into the tunnel that you walk down. There's Dobermans and, you know, and the air's on a list now. You that's the secret. You're on a list now. Give- people in government way too much credit for having the Yes. that type of organizational yep. skill when demonstrably they do not <laughs> like all these yes. secrets that are supposedly being kept right yeah because our people in power have demonstrated the ability oh, to dude the the thing that the thing that sealed it for me was the war thunder forums you know this game um tanks and stuff mm-hmm. tanks and planes yeah. and whatnot yeah, and yeah not once not twice three times did we have active battle plans top secret shared on Discord in the War Thunder Discord forum. So, like, this is why I don't think aliens exist because it would have been it, it would have been dumped on some forum or Discord or yep in Telegram some, or something some low like level that. officer wants to impress somebody, so he jumps in and he's oh you don't know what you're talking about you're you're yeah. not an officer you're, it, and it was yeah? cloud chasing listen too. to it, this it, yeah it, it wasn't even a it, it wasn't even a like a like some kind of clandestine something or another that that you know we're trying to take over the it was just some dude that was like nah dude i do work for the government check this out you know and yeah and that was it i love it the army we had an old saying um three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead And and I'm going to go one further. I don't think that third person be able be able to pull it off either. Probably not. Find two more people. (laughs) It only takes four beers, man. And I'm telling you. And everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got reasons why they would spill the juice. You know. Yeah, you just got to figure out what someone doesn't like, man. And if they don't like shame, just shame them. And and if they don't like embarrassment, (laughs) embarrass them. And they'll give you what you want. You don't even have to go hard. Look at computer just, security. How do, how does systems get broken? The companies that spend literally millions of dollars oh, yeah. on security. How does it get broken almost every single time? Social yep. engineering. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought, I as thought that X really was sending me a package. That's why I clicked on the PDF. <laughs> Wait, I don't get a free. Now, actually, the best ones are the ones where it's like, uh, we're a third party contractor that works for your company. Uh, we're setting up a new app and you have to set up your password and stuff. So here, click this thing and 
oh, it's going to ask you to log into your system. So go ahead and put in your normal. I mean, it's, it's brilliant because people are, it's so mundane and so boring that how could it be, you know, dangerous? So check this out, right? Uh, Google is working now to autocorrect in the URL bar. So if you ah. type Google with one O, Google will insert the O for you. And this will go for, you know, big banks, big, big companies, you know, yeah. um, yeah. So Facebook with zeros or something like that. <laughs> so what do we think about this? It's the man. Um, it's the well, man telling you where to go on the internet. It's what's yeah. happening. Well, I, so, I assume you're talking about something built into Chrome or Chromium, whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. it will be. Yeah. Here, here's no. the difference between. Here's how the filter I put all these stories through. There's me, and you, and the people I know in the tech space, and then there is the rest of humanity who doesn't know anything about any of this, who doesn't want to know anything about any of this, who a feature like that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm going to save you from yourself and just put that extra O in there for you, you know? That, I, and you'll I think thank that's me for it. Yeah, I think that's what's frustrating about uh, Linux in general is that there are a whole lot of people that use Linux uh, and just absolutely require it to be the hard way. And <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's per per perfectly fine because we have this concept of distros, and you can you can just be on a distro that is the hard way, but you don't have to be on a distro that there are easy ways to do things and then just complain about the easy things, right? I think that yeah. happens a lot. I think that's happening with Wayland right now. And well, I think you could probably make the argument that you know you could do things one way and then everybody could just sort of learn that way, and you know, but. No, let's break all that apart and make it into distros and then be able to fork all the software every time we don't like a change that's made. You know, we're going to rage quit and create a new piece, a new branch of a Look, software. That's, that's literally how it works now, right? I you mean know, my, my biggest frustration this last few weeks has been using software that becomes abandoned. And I get that it's open source. I get that someone is freely giving their time. I get that. But once you create a project that people rely on, and then that thing flounders, and this goes all the way from the developers of the main, you know, application itself, all the way to maintainers, people who create a package in the AUR. Um, I mean, all the way down the line where there's some level of dependence on that by a user base, and then it stops being dependable. Like the, the, fall, the, the fallacy that you, there's more software available in Arch is, it, it is just that. It's a fallacy. I have come to understand that the AUR is good for the very small percentage of those popular packages that oh, yeah. people hated need to use. Everything else that's in there is, you might as well just roll the dice is this going to be maintained yeah. is it even correct in the first place who the hell knows <laughs> but yeah. okay and oh, i'm gonna you, got, you you riled up the arts user well, no no, no here I, we I, go i want to connect a couple of things because yeah i'm yeah everybody knows how uh, let, bill uses let arts. bill explain to you why Wait, you know old no i'm gonna i'm gonna cool. further your point though because oh, okay okay Okay, so for some of you might be aware, there's a relatively new podcast out there called Linux Matters. Linux OTC, and you got to go to linuxotc.org <laughs> and listen. Uh, 
we're at episode 18, so we are an OG OTC PC. L-M-N-O-P. Um, That's right. We... Okay, so there's this new show out there called Linux Matters, and as some people would be aware, two, two of the hosts on that show were very high-profile employees of Canonical once upon a time. Oh, and he's one, deflecting. He's not. He's not going to talk about the AUR. He's well, I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring this so full system. circle, dude. You. You'll be. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, okay. You're going to be able to get some popcorn keys off this. That's right. Yeah. So what what they was okay so everybody's been kind of you either you fall into like three categories with things like snaps where you either do not care you absolutely hate them or you are for whatever reason advocating for them and uh, a year ago I would have been you know I don't use them but if you're on a Ubuntu system, then they're probably a good idea because these are actually made by people that are, you know, that know what they're doing. And, and Canonical is, is a uh, business with a, you know, they've got a corporate um, sort of imperative behind them that pushes them in the direction and they're going to see to the snap thing and make sure that it's a quality product. It's but well then I listened to... Well-engineered uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I listened to... Linux Matters, and they was talking about, and I don't think they meant it to be received quite the way I received it, but nonetheless, they made it clear that there was a lot of snaps that were being managed by very few people, and there's a large number of people using uh, these snaps, and they have not been updated in over a year. In fact, when... Longer. And very important snaps like OBS Studio. OBS Studio was an interesting snap because it was packaged by one of these two individuals with all of the plugins uh, that they could find. Just threw them all in there, which made it very usable. And, and uh, very unwieldy, but I, I get the point. But it has not been updated in a year. And now this is a thing that is pushed as a proper product yes it's an it's it exists in our little open source space and you know it's canonical and all that but we're not talking about one or two little problems within that within that uh space we're talking about a huge problem because you've got a small number of people and they've been pushing this thing not just as an option for installing software but as the default option now uh, for any uh, Ubuntu and all of the flavors, and here it is just packed full of uh, software that's not been updated, not just a little while, but a long while. And I'm afraid that the kind of user that just installs Ubuntu for whatever reason and then fires up the software center and installs a piece of software, they're not thinking about the maintenance of it and they're not thinking about uh the uh update schedule and things like that they they might not be thinking about any of that at all they're just kind of trusting that since it's canonical and canonical has been pushing really really hard with this snap thing and now they're now we've gotten to the point where there's an entire ecosystem of outdated software 
on this thing that we were just absolutely, we were kind of shamed sometimes when people, when we had a dissenting voice, those, those, those voices were kind of shamed. Like, well, you know, this is, this is something we need to do as a community to move forward. If we ever want third party software manufacturers or developers to take us seriously, like, you know, it was even said things like Adobe, uh, if we ever want the hope of having that type of gold standard AAA title software, then we need to get behind things like snaps. And I feel like now we're, it's not been a progression. I feel like it's been a regression because now we've blurred the line even further with this stuff. And now, you know, I know flat pack's a great thing. It's got its problems too. The same problem. The, it's got the same problem. The same problems, except it's not being pushed by a major company within this space as the default option for eh. installing software. It has it a similar a problem, but it's not exactly the same. Not really, because, you know, you they, take, take a couple of distributions that use it for the default packaging, like well, Fedora and Elementary or something it, it like has, that. It has the same problem as the AUR, where there's a certain group of packages that are popular and therefore they are maintained. All of the other stuff, it's the purview of the one developer or the one packager who is using it and whether they continue to use it. That's really – I mean that's how that system works. They let anybody – Right, but that's how snaps work too. Well, like, except uh, the AUR, you are, you are except, getting it directly from the upstream. So if the upstream – has a uh, update to their software. You know, your your AUR is just checking the version. When you're updating stuff that's in the AUR, it's checking version numbers. You'll not, get the update. Not necessarily. No, because dependencies, a lot of those... the, the package build file needs, it's more than just checking for the latest version. There's a lot a of stuff A lot of them there. will just have a version number, well, like a greater sign and then a version number or something like that. Yeah, I just but don't it, think it, you're it not... very mm-hmm. much depends on the package that you're trying to get because yeah. a lot of those package builds are written such that it, it's got a hard-coded version in it yep. or it's got options well, that are only only you know compatible with specific versions. It, it stuff breaks yeah. like and all the time. To some degree, you got the exact same problem in the community repo yeah. as well because this is why I think Arch got its reputation for breaking. It, uh, the, the base com- system built by the Arch devs and the community, like the actual repository stuff, that doesn't really break ever. Um, well, well okay, I, I can't say they make ever, breaking but, you know. changes and then they expect people to, to be responsible enough yeah. to read. Right. But I think, I think the AUR has a big role to play in how unstable Arch may or may not seem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so my, my take on Canonical is there's no surprise in their behavior. They're a for-profit entity making decisions that benefit their business and their paying customer base. If you think for a second that they really care about their community on the desktop, you are absolutely fooling yourself. Because what does that community get them? Honestly, at the end of the day, those decisions are being made by, by, you know, if the idea is, well, we're, it's grassroots, we're planting the seeds. And then this person who discovered Ubuntu is going to somehow grow that into, that doesn't work that way. That's not reality. The reality is that they have spoken contracts. like a true red hat spokesperson. I appreciate you. 
You it's mean the IBM truth. Red Hat? Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree. <laughs> you know, they're making this. They're making the right decisions for themselves. You want to know why Snap's important? Because those things that they don't want to have to create multiple packages for and pay developers to sit there and package the same thing over and over for all the different well, and that's versions. Fine. But what, so what, Firefox what, and Thunderbird and every other like desktop, you know, core desktop software will be maintained by someone paid by Canonical because it's imperative to their business that they do so. Yeah. The only, the only else, the only you think OBS, who cares about OBS? Yeah. Nobody, I mean, nobody paying, no paying customer cares about OBS. I, I, I care about OBS. It works fine in Flatpak. Do you pay a Canonical? On, on, no, no. I use, okay, I use well, the free you're ones. not a paying I use, customer. I, yeah, well, <laughs> sort of. I could maybe so, possibly. I use the ESM. Yeah. Are you going to sign one. up? For, is there advertising in the terminal finally getting to you? <laughs> no, I just wanted image magic. <laughs> that's it, image magic. For but, some reason, we just had to have that. Well, but that's anyway, the thing, right? I, like, tr- like, snaps aren't really any that much worse, except for their multi-platform, than the idea of multiverse, of, of this idea that... You can make available in Ubuntu packages through apt that pretty much never get maintained. That's why image magic shows up because canonical stepped in and said, all right, fine. We'll maintain it this time because there's an issue with it. But mm-hmm. if you want to get access to that, you got to pay for it because normally the, the fix for that would have been non-existent. There wouldn't have been a fix. No one would have told you about the problem with image magic. And that's why it's, you know, paywalled or, you know, well, well, you get a few free ones, but paywalled behind the ESM. So I, I don't necessarily. But how many other projects has Canonical, uh, contributed to and then just sent it back upstream to Debian, you know, I think and that's then how it all works, of a though. sudden. No, no, this. but that's how it works though. Yeah, but now in order to get this upstream, this package that would have normally been upstream, in order to get the updated version, we have to go well, with no, this hold new on. thing. We, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I mean, Ubuntu and the developers on Ubuntu upstream it. That is the way that it works. So whatever is in Debian is the work of some Ubuntu employees and the rest of the Debian community. So if if... If you want something to land in Ubuntu, you land it in Debian first. That right. is how it works. And then it comes downstream, and Ubuntu is based off of a snapshot of testing with other fixes that have come through testing or were through testing, um, unless it's unless it's something that wouldn't go into Ubuntu, uh, uh, into Debian, in which case then it's patched. Then because it's, it's patched, not Libre. But, yeah. Right. So if I, if I would have installed Debian on a s- server and had uh, – Okay, let's let's say I I go ahead and go with Sid or whatever just to make sure that I have the absolute up to date everything. You would, brave I, man. would I have had that patched version of Image Magic on a purely Debian system? I don't know. Does anybody manage it like that on Debian? I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. They they patched it and then offered it, but you have to have ESM when it's right. But that's the thing, though. It's that the. It, it very well may have been, yes. Like, the answer to that question is probably yes. Uh, but the thing is that when you're on an Ubuntu, you're frozen. That's why you wouldn't get that patch. You're frozen. Right. I mean, so, and, and it was a community effort in the first place to bring it to Ubuntu. Right? So, like, Ubuntu would not have added it if it weren't for the community that was like, all right, we need this in Ubuntu, so we're going to bring it in. And then Ubuntu was like, all right, you take care of it then. 
Because if you don't accept ESM and then the community brings in a patch for Image Magic, you get that patch. So mm. you're not losing anything with ESM. You are only gaining Ubuntu specific patches that may drop before upstream. Yeah, and and it didn't really bother me. It was a big surprise. Um, it didn't bother me because they're offering fr- five installations for free, and I don't even yeah. know what the what the payment thing is beyond five. More than I'm going to spend. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it it Listen, was an interesting. I keep giving my fiver to uh, to Linux Mint and to Elementary because uh, I just like what they do. But I want them to be on Wayland, so I give them five dollars, and I always tie, like in the notes. Don't forget Wayland; they're working on it. Um, <laughs> Here's your Wayland bucks. Yeah, these are Wayland dollars. Okay, this is only for Wayland development. Yeah, um, for anybody. Well, I haven't released it yet. Uh, it'll be released today, the first half of the last episode of Mintcast four twenty three. There was an interview with uh, Danielle Foray, rather. Mm. Oh, did y'all ask the Wayland question? We did. Well, somebody did, and, <laughs> or or it got segued somehow or another. And what'd she say? She, uh, they are working on it. They have a yeah. Wayland session already yeah. made. It's not that good though. They're still right. working on it, and they're not yeah, going to put it out said. there until she's, it's. She, she's basically said we are working on it. We are looking at it. It's not imminent. But it is not also being ignored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. I, I would like to see it drop for eight, but I'm skeptical that it'll make that. Uh, but I mean, they usually take a yearish uh, to drop it, so we'll have 2404, and then probably around 2015 or 20 2025. <laughs> Seven dollars. Nice really interesting <laughs> yeah. stuff in it. I was close. Um. They're, they're really, I don't know, uh, they're, they're really kind of pushing for the, uh, accessibility in 7.1. They've got some interesting uh, options in there. One of which for, uh, color deficient people with color deficiency. Yeah. Yeah. I was vision. playing with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I am not colorblind, so it, it looked weird to me, but yeah, uh, that was pretty well, cool. I really liked that. My son's colorblind. I brought him downstairs. I said, Hey, look at this. And. I mean, he went so far as to say, well, is that how things are supposed to look? I'm like, well, <laughs> this is, you know, he, he has trouble. He can see colors to some degree. He has trouble with, like, the differences between the shades. And, like, a really dark green looks like black to him or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know? yeah, my brother has one of the kinds, yeah. But this was, I didn't even know that you could... Uh, negate these problems like that with different shadings well, and, and science yeah. yeah yeah it it's not like it makes the colors <clears throat> like they can actually see them now it it allows them to be able to differentiate them though right and so if that, the that contrast is there yeah, yeah yeah and that's huge i mean anytime somebody's going to do that kind of work in linux you know that, that <sighs> people have asked the questions about these derivative distributions you know is there any point to this why not just use ubuntu well stuff like this is the point yeah it's that you know that little bit that they don't have to work on the the guts underneath you know they can they can add their value you know and then offer an experience that's different from what you would get hey yeah my cat's trying to invade yeah. And Not he will invade. wreck things. That he will wreck name things. is Norbert, and he's made it. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be like <laughs> the Mongol hordes racing across the, the steps. 
hey, yeah, you and stay I think down there. I do think that's one one of the big things that uh, that that has held Wayland adoption back. I, I think that's a big reason that it's held Linux adoption back is that uh, there are some there are a lot of accessibility options that just aren't available over here that are available in the other platforms, and so you kind of end up with, uh, um, you know, we got to have them. Well, the so the the question I asked was, well, first of all, she said they they found the filters which were sort of the the heart of that uh, update as part of a GNOME extension. And so someone oh. else had done the, the work on that. And so, you know, true open source spirit, uh, the value they brought was making them usable in the control panel and having all of the right kind of, you know, that, that um, yeah, the usability of it. So, and I said, well, what would be the possibility of another project looking at this work and seeing the value of it and then being able to port it? And, you know, she was like, well, it's open source software. I mean, that's, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's supposed to work. Cat. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Well, I'll not be speaking for the next few minutes because my cat's going to have his way with me. If I'm lucky, <laughs> he won't close all the stuff. Bill, you have to computer. blur that little bit. I saw. Saw cat butt, so you gotta blur that on the YouTube. Yeah, well, Bill, you're muted. Will, you, will YouTube? Uh, he's pushed my mic away. <laughs> <laughs> help me, help me, Bill, you're <laughs> muted. Anyway, well, Eric, you well, can well, hear they, me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Will they demonetize uh, cat butt? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they'll demonetize the cat butt. But Bill, you, you had tinkered with your mic, and I think something happened. With it, yeah. I can't now we you. can't hear you. I had a dream about this once. About cat butt? <laughs> no, about not being able to hear Bill. Oh, well, maybe it wasn't a dream. Maybe it's just deja vu. <laughs> deja. Deja Bill. Hey, there, deja. there you go. That's another. That's another. No, title. I thought it, and you said it. I, I wasn't go. actually going to go there. Yeah. Um. There it is. Hey, there uh, it is. I don't want to say why you couldn't hear me. Jump like okay. it. I got this little, I got one of these, uh, I can't cough pull it buttons. Up. I got a little mute button. It's oh. called mute me. And it's basically just got two buttons on it. One for the audio, one for the video. And all it does is send alt A and alt V keystrokes. And, uh, I had muted it so that I could turn this without, you know, making any of these cool sounds that this thing makes and i forgot to undo it so look you could be like uh that charlie puff guy or whatever and you could have made a whole song out of those little sounds i was watching a show one time where they let they realized this guy did it and they just kind of sat there and kind of acted like they could hear him (laughs) there was no sound at all for like three and a half minutes and i'm like oh my gosh you people are sick yeah what a what a fantastic well that's the reverse of I love pretending that my mic isn't working and I'm just mouthing words. <laughs> <laughs> he had probably done that to some people at some point, and this is the, that was their way of getting them that back. That was the payback, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't like naming people, but yeah, that was that was funny. So. I just assumed that's how every episode of Linux OTC went. I didn't hear. <laughs> I don't hear Eric ever. I. Hmm. Well, that that's the premise for a new like uh, reality show is that you have conversations that are one sided and 
you have to guess like lip reading or something like what the other person uh. saying. <laughs> What'd you say to me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would do very good at that because I always, no. I mean, I, I take the wrong meaning when I can hear every word you say. So I can just imagine if I can't hear it. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. well, anyway, I think we can, uh, getting short on time. We should probably get out of here. Yes. You mean you don't want to keep talking about Wayland? Uh, well, I guess we do. I mean, Wayland, you know, I've had this strange love hate relationship with Wayland since kind of the beginning where I kind of went from this. It's evolved from like, well, I'd check on it every now and then. And then it, it went to, all right, every time there was an update, I go and check and see how well it works. And, ah, no, that's a bit of a faff. So go back to X. And now I've gotten to the point now where my arch machine, uh, is on, plasma wayland constantly but i still have the odd little thing that pops up every now and then right now flat packs just look like garbage on it what do you mean uh the font rendering on literally every flat pack right now is terrible and i don't know why it, you're not scaling it, are you n- n- well i was but it had no dif- it made no difference uh, it's got a four it's a 14 in- no 15 inch 4k screen and so I you two hundred percent it then? Um, yeah, but then I changged it to ten eighty p at a hundred percent, and it was the exact same thing. Ew! Just, but that's, you get. A, I know the pixels line up and stuff, but it doesn't look right. Yeah, it it just looked exactly the same in this case, though. So because well, I've been running into that a lot with Wayland, there's a there's a. You know what I want? Um, I want to be able to have all of the cool features of Markdown uh, without having to write in Markdown. That is that would be my my absolute favorite thing in the world. Like imagine LibreOffice, right? Not that heavy, but a, a a like a WYSIWYG editor. What do you call that? Um, rich text editor. But whenever you saved it, it saved it in Markdown, so that it's easily portable text. Whatever. Um, there's a there was a project uh, MIT licensed called MarkText that did exactly that, and then it was uh, not abandoned. But there's not been a new release for over a year. And one of the things – it's based on Electron, and I don't particularly care about that. But one of the big things that has happened with the new Chromiums is that it is now fully Wayland compatible, which means that you can scale it and it won't look terrible. Well, MarkText looks terrible, and text has to look good if I'm going to be staring at it for a very, very long time. And I I do because I have to gather all these, this history and write notes and all that stuff for this kind of thing. Um, so have you tried Joplin? Not Joplin. Uh, have you tried, sorry, Typora? Oh yeah, but that one was 15 bucks and I wanted to try the open source one to see if I liked that kind of thing first. Well, uh, it's 15 bucks and then, it, but you just ignore it. It's oh, like, no, no, no. oh wait, what? Yeah. Typora. It's like, oh, it's like um, WinRAR? yeah, it's <laughs> like WinRAR. You just, it just says unregistered and it'll bug you every now and then, but it never really actually stops you from using it. No way. And the nice thing is, so there's themes, and the yeah. best part is I found an actual killer theme that looks, it's called themable dark, and it does the headlines right, it does the levels of uh, headings right, it does the lists right, it does um, code blocks right, like it just looks good. And yeah. I really like the single window approach of Mark Text and Typora, where it's basically... You're, you're typing, you're yes, inserting yes. the characters to create a heading. 
for example, but then that goes away and you just see the rendered form. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. That's the smartest Nextcloud approach is to me. Very close to that. Uh, I use Nextcloud Notes and because it's the, it's the closest I've gotten to something like this. Uh, because it will add the formatting, but not remove the, you know, the, the down and dirty bits of it. So like the thing that really gets me is like I, I, I tend to write stories. Um, I try to weave a story and it's really hard to like read through a story when you've got a link from the web archive. Um, that is, you know, six miles long. Yeah. And so, you know, yep. you have to move your, you have to move your eyes down four lines. Cause I'm, I'm always writing in a very thin thing because mm-hmm. these notes app, these note applications tend to like to be squishy, uh, very squished in. And so, yes. um, and so that link, you know, it's four lines long. And so it's really hard to read. So I have to flip between preview and edit mode and preview and edit mode. And that gets really annoying. So this, yes. uh, I think Typora is, is, I think that might be where I go. And, I'm not averse to spending money on an application. I so bought a fifteen dollars. What's that? I bought a license. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's totally worth it, man. I'd pay for Audacity too. Like at at the um, the theming is going to look really good. Oh my god, have you guys seen the new Audacity? No. Go look. Oh my god, it looks like really? a real doll. Yeah, it, it looks like um, I think you have to go to Tantacruel's Tentacruel, whatever his face is, uh, his Mastodon or his Twitter. But he has some early renders of what Audacity is going to look like. These are like the super nightly versions of Audacity right now. My God, it doesn't look like something from 1995 anymore. It really hmm. – like imagine Ardor. I don't know. Because there was – in the AUR, there's a uh, Audacity QT version. But I can't get it to build. I can't get anything to build except for the Git version. Oh, and the AUR. Something that doesn't build in the yeah. AUR. Huh, no. Let's rewind 30 minutes and Shocking. rehab that entire what, conversation. What's interesting is none of the AUR versions outside of just the regular Devel Git versions have been able to uh, build for me. So I You don't say. Yeah, well, I'm, that that's actually quite unusual, at least in my experience. Yeah, um, yeah. I've but, only uh, had that happen to software that I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Did you got me? Or stuff right. that I'm really, really relying on, like Audacity yeah. and all that. And well, so to, to close that out, though, I mean, like Mark Text is fantastic on Mac. It's fantastic on Windows. It's fantastic on Linux. If you don't scale in Wayland, that's that's my mm-hmm. only hang up on Mark Text is that it does the, everything well, the that other I problem, wanted to do. The other problem is that it's not maintained. It hasn't been updated well, in like two years. Well, uh, so it has. It's the last update was a few months ago. It was in July or something. But there hasn't been a release since May seventh of twenty twenty two. So okay. um, let's see. FXHA, who I believe is the owner of the whole, or is one of the big contribute. Yeah, he's second best, second highest contributor. Uh, he is not on GitHub in a while, um, but. Let me see. The last commit was by him in August, so two months ago. So th- it's things are still happening in the background, but they haven't cut. They haven't cut a release in in a quite long while, and that makes me think that even if they did cut a release, it it's not going to work anyway. At least in the way that I want it to, um, because the Chromium may not have been updated. So I don't get the cool Wayland bit. That's, oh that's no! Supported. Now I remember what it was. They focus more effort on the web p- project that is forked off of Mark Text. Oh wait, so what? You, oh, hold on, what? Yeah, that's what I figured out. So there's actually something that's using the code of Mark Text in a browser plugin. 
And that's where most of the activity has gone in the last like year. So uh, there, I have to find it, but it, it, I found it by digging in and finding a uh, a ticket. Or is a, it called Mindbox? I don't remember. No, 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 it's not. Uh, but on the marktext.cc website, it tells you to go to Mindbox. Omuya, M U Y A. Yeah, so, and it's it's a. So if you just go to Marktext, like their main oh, there it is. account, yeah. and that's what it. So there's like a. Um, it, so the development on that has been consistent and ongoing. Lots of commits. Um, and I think they're it's maybe the same trying. People. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's the same people, but they're using rather than continuing to work on the desktop incantation of their software, they've been that's, looking more to, you know, they're considering the future, if, if you will. That's sad. I don't, oh, man. Like, because yeah. a desktop app is, uh, app is pretty important to me because I need it to work offline. And, you know, I don't want it to have to work in a browser that. I'm well, sick of browser based hmm. stuff. I, I, the backlash needs to happen, you know? No. No. You gotta be because, that change no. that you want. No, I, I, uh, no, not everything needs to be run in a browser, man. Because if, if I needed to run an operating system on top of my operating system, I would just run a VM. You know what I mean? Like, a browser is as complex as any operating system. That's why, that's, this is why, this is why. Firefox already takes up like six to eight gigs of memory on the I know, system. but I want to be able to write what I want to write without having Firefox open, yeah, without having any right. browser open whatsoever. Cause it's, cause it's not just, right, you can open that app to do that thing, which is really more in the keeping with the Unix philosophy, which is, I have a task to undertake. I'm going to go to the thing to do the task, not the overwhelming, you know, huge okay, piece yeah. of software that and because the other thing with doing things in a browser I've noticed is the distraction factor. Oh yeah, 100%. It's dude. so easy to get just completely off track cuz you open that window and it's like, "Oh, you've got all these tabs. Oh, what's that? Ta- oh yeah, yep. and yep. Ugh. gets me every time, dude. That's where social yep. media and stuff happens and yep. uh it's so easy to just be like, "Oh, well, what's happened new on Macedon real quick?" And then, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes later I'm like, "Crap, I should have been doing this thing." And uh yeah. But it gets me every time, and so a distraction-free thing is very, very important yeah. to me. So moving to the browser yeah, yeah, is not yeah. really something I want to do. So uh, I'll just throw money at Typora, I guess. Well, so that you you can make an Electron app, and that's kind of like doing that, right? And then sort you of. can also use the web apps uh, feature in, in Linux Mint. That's if, kind if of I like can, heavy. If I can get away from using Electron at all, which is one of the big reasons I didn't want to use MarkText in the first place because it's Electron-based, is like I don't want to have to run an application in a browser. Like yeah. it's it's not just that a browser is distraction-filled. It is also that browsers are hard. And yeah. when you don't update Chromium for a year and a half because it, that's <laughs> what your version of Electron is based on, yeah. then you're – it's Bad things good. happen. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yep. And, you know, I don't know. That that makes me very tinfoil hatty. But still, I you know, if I'm going to keep it up to date, I'm going to keep it up to date. Might as well just let that happen in the background and stuff. But- you know, Leo, you just I, I just thought of a character for the uh, security realm, tinfoil hatty. Tinfoil hatty? Yeah, it's a little, little guy who has a, a pointy tinfoil hat. And, you know, he goes around warning people about – yeah. How 5 Update your browser, man. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, we got to get out of here, kids. <laughs> Fine. We're late. 
for Mintcast. No, 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 we're not. You're two minutes early for Mintcast. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, but I got to switch all this stuff over. Oh my gosh! Why don't, I'm so why don't sorry. You have, why don't you have a stream deck where you push the button and it just does it for you? I You're just being inefficient, that. Bill. You're just being inefficient. I've just, for all the money that I've spent on all this other stuff. What's know. a few hundred dollars more? They come down in price a little bit. If I can get my hands on a used one just to see if it if it's kind of workflow that really works for me, then I might do just that. Just get one of those number pads, the little side, side table number pads, and then just program each button. Hey, there you go. There you go. Save you a hundred bucks. Let us know what you think, folks. Uh, show at linuxotc.org. Uh, you can comment directly on the, uh, website. Uh, we've got a Mastodon. We've got a Discord channel. Let Hold us on. Know what, what, what you think. Hold on. What is the Mastodon? Actually, you know, say that. It is linuxotc.org <laughs> slash Mastodon. Yeah. And there's a link on the website. Wait. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, you got the redirect, boy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. I've been using the redirect uh, quite a bit lately. Yeah, we we got on the Fostodon before they closed off the uh, signups for Fostodon. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they closed them up. Uh, oh, wow, we we squeezed in there. Yeah, you got you to gotta know a guy now. <laughs> anyway, kids, we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, I've been Bill. I've been Eric. And I'm still Leo. See you, folks.